Welcome to the Freshman Foundation Podcast. Helping you make the jump from high school athletics to the collegiate level and beyond. With your host, Michael Huber. Hey everyone, it's Mike Huber, founder and CEO of the Freshman Foundation. Every high school athlete gets excited about finally arriving on campus. Becoming a collegiate athlete is the ultimate reward for all of the sacrifices you've made for 10 plus years to get to this point. However, ask any athlete what it was like to make the leap to college and they will tell you it was hard and not only on the field. High school student athletes might ask themselves in private moments, am I truly ready to make the leap to college? Parents of those athletes might ask, is my child truly ready to handle life on their own in college? It is absolutely normal to ask these questions. However, that doesn't make you feel any better if you don't have the answers. What if you had a playbook to help you answer these questions before you arrive on campus? The Freshman Foundation Digital Playbook helps high school athletes be ready to dominate the leap to collegiate athletics. The Freshman Foundation is an interactive digital resource to help you prepare to answer the hard questions before you get to college. Your investment in the Freshman Foundation Playbook will help you avoid giving away your first year of college and will help your parents avoid losing sleep at night. Are you ready to prepare for success before you get to college? You can be ready for your future for just $99 if you purchase the Freshman Foundation Digital Playbook before January 31st, 2024, using the discount code PODCAST. This represents a $400 savings over the normal price. Visit michaelvhuber.com backslash course to take advantage of this limited time offer now. Now let's get on to the podcast. How did lacrosse athlete John Bachensky find the right college fit? Welcome to the Freshman Foundation Podcast, where we help young athletes be ready for every next step in the game of life through mental performance coaching. My guest in this episode is John Bachensky, a lacrosse player at Susquehanna University in Pennsylvania. Lacrosse was John's first love growing up in New Jersey. He knew early on that he wanted to continue his playing career in college. However, the process of finding the right college program was a challenging one. John discusses how he learned about the recruiting process the hard way and shares what aspiring college athletes need to learn in order to find their right fit. I'm excited for this conversation. Let's build your foundation with John Bachensky. Hey, John, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. So for those of you, for those listening who don't know you, can you just sort of give a little bit of, a little bit of your background? Sure, sure, sure. So um, my name is John Pachensky. I'm a um, rising senior at Susquehanna University on the uh, men's lacrosse team or Division Three team. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a big year um, this year. Um, we're, we're returning a lot of talent, um, especially for the Landmark Conference. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to a, a huge year. A uh, little back for before college, I, I played at St. Joseph High School in Metuchen, New Jersey. Uh, played there for four years, and uh, with with that experience, it led me to to the position I'm in now. So, um, rising senior, it's, it's gone very quickly. So I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah. So when did you when did you start playing lacrosse? 
So I started playing back when I was wow fourth grade. So it's 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 been it's been a it's been a while. Um, now I'm in college, so it's the experience is there. I started picking up my stick back in rec league in Monroe, New Jersey. Played youth there, and then I decided to uh, take my talent out of public school and go to Catholic school. Uh, being my dad is an alumni from St. Joe's, kind of had to follow the tradition, so I did that. Yeah. So, and at what point in that path from say starting in fourth grade, when you started playing, at what point did you have a sense that you might be able to, to go on and play, play in college? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I believe it was right after seventh grade going to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once that peak before high school reaches your team, you know, kind of figures out, okay, you know, whether or not you're talented to move from eighth grade into trying out for JV and varsity. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and we still are. There was a rival between the GMCs, Monroe and St. Joe's. And St. Joe's at the time um, mm-hmm. had one of the best lacrosse teams in the state of New Jersey regarding in, in, in Central Jersey, by far the best one. And, um, you know, being my dad was an alumni, I knew automatically, you know, I had to ex- extend my talent. We had other kids from my town go to St. Peter's Prep, Christian Brothers Academy, the Hunt School of Princeton. Um, and, you know, I wasn't as talented as some of those kids, but I knew if I went to a better environment and team, I had, I, I could develop those skills playing against the best of the best. So, so, so it's interesting because from, I, I don't know much about high school across here in New Jersey. I know a little bit. So wh- how would you sort of characterize the difference between being at St. Joe's uh, and a place like Monroe, which is a public school? Sure. Sure. So I think the biggest thing with Catholic school is that there's a misconception on, on athletics and when we talk about having a, a player, for example, at any type of level or sport, when you want to exceed your talent and get to the next level, you have to play the best of the best. Just because you play club ball on a good team over the summer and then your varsity team goes, you know, 500 even or, or even under that will, will not prepare you for the next level. You have to play against the best of the best. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the best of the best of Catholic schools. But it can, you know, you're playing in non-public A, non-public B. And those are the two big leagues in New Jersey varying from any types of sports. And anyone can agree to if you talk about football, you look at Bergen mm-hmm. Catholic, Don Bosco Prep. You know, there's an example of a, of, of a, I believe there's an offensive lineman who's six foot seven from Oldbridge, New Jersey. And instead of staying at Oldbridge, you know, he has to play and develop against the best of the best talent. So he transferred mm-hmm. to Bergen Catholic this fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a perfect example of, of athletes extending their talent to the next level because they want to get to the college level. And what I've realized is that when you get to the college level, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of these kids that, you know, get, you know, commit to these schools, they play against, you know, their all-stars in their towns. And then when they play against better talent at the first year of their college, they struggle. And it's because they were prepared before. So, there's a difference between, don't get me wrong, there are some public schools that are good, but I think it comes down to the environment and culture too. There's more of a dedication and there's more of a set standard at a Catholic school when it comes to respect, dignity, especially you know some of these coaches that are coaching at Catholic schools. They're ex-college athletes. And realistically, when you're in that recruitment process, when your school has a large reputation of history of alumni mm-hmm. that every Catholic school in New Jersey has – it, 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 it's it's an automatic plus button for those coaches. And that's something that they don't tell you is that, of course, they look at public schools, but they will look at Catholic schools. And the perfect example 
it's Lawrenceville Prep in New Jersey. They finished number one nationally. And what that coaching staff does is they recruit heavily. But it's a great marketing pitch because, you know, who doesn't want to play on the number one national team in the country? Mm -hmm. It's an amazing boarding school. And you're playing against a large reputation that college coaches know. So I -hmm. think there's a big talent difference in between public schools and Catholic schools. And geographically, too, if you're looking at what's happening in New Jersey now, you know, you don't see, you see these best stars on these club teams. You have one or two stars on these high school teams, and they're carrying these teams. They're shooting out statistics through goals, mm-hmm. home runs, touchdowns. And then, you know, their whole team is, you know, they finish at least two and 10 or two and 20. So, you know, it, 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 there's a difference. You, you know, you have to decide whether or not, you know, you're ready to, to, to move on to that level. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is that, you know, there are, there's two options. Parents can't afford it, which I understand. But mm-hmm. then you have parents that they can't afford it. But the biggest thing I see is that kids don't want to leave their towns because of their friends. But sure. what they don't realize is that when they get to college, your high school friends are still there. But you're going to be on a team where, yeah, you know some people, but those are your guys. Like, those, that's, that's your new group of friends. And I'm still in contact with my St. Joe's guys. But I have my teammates back at Susquehanna, and those th- those are those are my group of friends. And you're meeting a whole new environment, whole new vo- you know new level of of, of talent. So um, there's a difference between public and Catholic school. And I think it's sure. a standard, and 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 that's that's where it lays at. So sure, I mean, and having spent a couple of years myself as a coach at St. Joe's, I saw that sure. you know firsthand the idea that you know a lot of the athletes that come to St. Joe's or any private schools self-select in, right? They're willing to walk away from their friends and go to a different school because they want to, they want to get better. Right. And so that's sort of what you described. I think the other thing that I'm curious about from your perspective, right? How do you think that going to school at an all boys school helped or hurt or changed your experience? So that's a huge question. I get a lot. Um, it come from public school. Everyone's like, oh, you got no girls at your school. It's all boys. It's all guys. But at the end of the day, where I'm at an athletic school, everyone, and let me repeat myself, every single one of these kids at St. Joe's that I play with was either involved with some type of activity or was involved mm-hmm. with a sports team. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids consider halfway if they want to play college. And then the other half decide, hey, well, I'm going to go to the good school, you know, focus on my academics. Mm-hmm. But going to an all boys school at first, I mean, you're leaving public school. And you're, you know, you're leaving your friends behind and you're going to another school. I knew no one going to St. Joe's except one of my dad's best friend's son, who I met maybe twice. We walked in. I kind of find my own way, mm-hmm. met some group of kids, which was great because that's what the school offers you. Amazing people there. And when you find guys that are willing to compete at the same level with you and are all committed to sports, it's no better environment. I mean, it's it's and, and when you have sports teams from all different levels and they exceed and you're ranked and you have a reputation, I shouldn't say you want to act, you know, tough and cocky, but it's, it, it's a really yeah. good feeling knowing that you're, you're part of a school that re- represents that. So. Yeah. It's a source of pride. Yes. Right. It's a source yeah. of pride and, and yeah. having witnessed it and seeing like the basketball games where the students show up and watch yeah. the game, right. The Falcon, the, the Falcon yeah. fly. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. I think, listen, I, I think the, the, the thing I took out of it being there was like, there were just, fewer distractions, right? It was more, say it was more business because everybody there liked being there and had fun, but it was definitely like, Hey, I'm here to get better. 
And a yeah. lot of the kids did want to go on and have a career, you know, at the college level. And, you know, you may not have the same opportunities you would if, as if you went to a place like St. Joe's or another private school. So yeah. that, that makes sense. So you, you talked about the, like moving from where you were, right. From sort of a public school environment to St. Joe's, like what were some of the challenges you faced when you, you know, you went into, to St. Joe's? You know, at first, before I even applied to the school, I had a lot of parents come up to me because at the time St. Joe's was beating, you know, Monroe at the time pretty badly regarding the GMC. I mean, we put the GMC on the map and I, I think it's for all sports, especially lacrosse. Yeah. And we had our coach leave, Coach Moreau. We went to Rumson, and we were up and down at the times I was there with coaches. But we had, you know, really good coaches that came in and out. And we have an established staff now, as as many of you know from from Coach Calandra and his staff from Chatham. So they're getting right back into the groove of what they were before. But I was told, hey, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make that team. I, my my dad was even afraid that I might get cut because we had tryouts. We had over 50 kids trying out for the lacrosse team. I mean, it was just a reputation that we had. It was St. Mm -hmm. Joe's. And one of the biggest things I took from a coach in my public school town is that the GMC, having St. Joe's there, made other teams better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first I was like, okay, so then why don't I stay at Monroe? But then I realized I needed to take my talent somewhere else because, you know, just because I play on a club team in the summer and we beat teams up and, you know, we're playing good. You have to play year round to get better. It can't just be a couple months. Say, hey, that's so fine. Go into fall ball and then think that's okay. Um, I also think too. Some one of the biggest challenges was too. I mean, leaving my friends. You know, all my friends mm -hmm. were back in public school. I told sure. them I was going to Catholic school. I knew no one there. So especially you know knowing that I'm not going to have any of those guys, I lost a lot of friends going to St. Joe's because a lot of people dislike the school because it's just an athletic school and we beat teams up. That's just the reputation Catholic schools have. They recruit. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that was the biggest challenge for me too. And I think the biggest, the third challenge was, I think, exceeding on my academics, being in an environment where I got the focus on school and then make, you know, half time management mm -hmm. going into the classroom, onto the field really helped me get to the next college level. And that's what Catholic school did for me. And I would yeah. recommend any parent or son or a daughter to send their kid there because you, you set those skills up for the next level. And I, I, I think it's extremely crucial, especially when entering the college level. If you don't understand that balance and your level of competition and you just join that level of, of just expecting what to expect – you're going to be challenged to a point to where you're going to probably end up crumbling or you can mm. jump over the wall. And that's, that's completely up to you. And there's levels of preparation for that. And that one of those reasons is, is to, you know, accept those challenges, which I did at a young age. And after accepting those challenges and kind of getting in the, in the go zone and the comfort level of gaining mm. experience, then I realized, Hey, like, that's not that bad, dad and mom. Like this was not bad. I wanted to try out St. Joe's for a couple of weeks. I ended up loving it. And I was like, you know what? This is even better than Monroe because I'm in a classroom where kids are focused on, on academics, right? You're making amazing friends and you're playing on a good sports team. So there's a three in one right there. Sure. So that's the, th those are the kind of the three big challenges I had to leave from my public school again, the St. Joe's. Yeah. Did you, did you pl play sports other than lacrosse growing up? So I play, I've been playing lacrosse probably since, like I said, the fourth grade. 
um, play some rec basketball as I, as any kid would uh, with your friends at a young <laughs> age. Um, but I, I think realistically too, I mean, just specifically when I wanted to focus on a sport, I didn't think I'd go to college for it. And then like, I, like we touched base before, um, you know, when you realize your talents need some, some better improvements, mm-hmm. I couldn't be on a team that, you know, revolved around that. So um, that was a sport I played. I've been playing since I was fourth grade. So it's, it's been great. Now I'm here now. So. Yeah. At, at what point at, in high school, at what point did you realize like, Hey, I want to play in college or I think I'm going to have a chance to play in college. So I think the biggest obstacle and you talk about challenges too, I didn't have the guidance that I had when it came to recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing on a great team, you know, and we weren't like Del Barton, but we we're non-public A, so we we're playing tough teams mm-hmm. every year. And I think the biggest thing is I didn't have the guidance and I did not have the guidance into tools of how I could get into recruiting. How should I email a coach? What should I do? And I know those tools were there, but at a young age, your son or daughter aren't, you know, we don't know what to do when it comes to that type of stuff. And when it comes to recruiting, I had to figure out, all right, after seventh grade, going into eighth grade and into high school after junior year, you know, junior year is, you know, your last year of summer ball and then getting Mm -hmm. recruited. I was late to the ball game because I didn't email a lot of coaches in schools that I missed out on earlier before, because I had no idea. I wasn't provided with that knowledge. So I think advice for, for any athlete is that when you're choosing a club team that focuses on, on potential and that helps you and provides you these tools and skills at a younger age so that your parents are also informed with this, then you can be on the right boat and path to figuring out what school you want to be in. And that was, that was kind of realizing, okay, when I was late to the ball game, I had over a dozen offers from, from division three schools. And, but I didn't know like, okay, what, you know, I was looking into research and kind of figuring out, okay, what I want to do at the same time. So it's a whole process of that, of that recruiting stage, because it's not only picking a school, it's about deciding your next four years of your career mm, on your major. I think that's really important. Yes. Yes. It's it extremely important too. And, um, you know, being a senior now, I look back at it now and I wish I had those types of, I had that, that guidance through my club program. Yeah. So, so, and I think you've answered that question, but I'm going to ask it again because I want to make sure I understand. So in lacrosse, like what I learned actually being at St. Joe's honestly is like any sport, whether it's baseball or basketball, which is where I spent most of my time. I learned from that experience that recruiting was happening at the AAU level in basketball and the travel baseball level in the summer or whatever, you know, in baseball, right. It wasn't through the high school. So is that, is it the same in lacrosse? Like you're, you're getting recruited through your travel ball, you know, um, performance rather than being focused on high school. I think it it varies at the, at the end of the day, but mainly in my opinion, it's Mm -hmm. both playing on a good team and then playing on a good high school team. And the high school team right now, for example, we have Coach Calandra at St. Joe's, and he's got a very good reputation. Great coach, great staff, has a goal set in mind for for the team and the program. It's an athletic school like we talked about before. But when you're playing on a good high school team and you're playing against good talent year-round, and then you're transitioning that into club ball, coaches like to see both of those things. And you need to have both. And there's 
people in the situations where they can't control that high school environment, you can. And those options are trying to figure out what I can do other than playing varsity. If my varsity team is horrible, get into camps, see what else you can develop as an athlete Mm -hmm. at that age before high school, you know, before high school summer ball. When it comes to club ball, though, in the summer, yeah, that that's a huge, huge asset too. Um, mm-hmm. Playing on a good club team, um, you know, playing in A and Double A. The coaches are at Double A in lacrosse. They're not at A. You know, you're going to see coaches at A, but Double A is where it's at. The best of the best, and it's something I address with my team too, is that, that I'm a senior and I look back at it now. Um, you know, my first COVID game. You know, I lost my senior year of high school to COVID, and my first game was against the national defending champ, Salisbury University. And they smoked us, of course, on our herb turf. Mm-hmm. But it was an experience of a lifetime because it, you know, it hit me. And you know, I looked at those kids and I realized, you know, these kids have had a commitment level of their talent at an early age, and that revolved around high school and club ball. So when it comes to recruitment, I, it, it's both, and it's both. And the coaches may not come to your high school season because they're in season, but they yeah. are watching. They're looking at your standings. They're looking at who scores. They're trying to join in some live live games, see if they can watch you. And 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 it revolves around both. Because if you're at a high school team like I touched about before, and they go at least two and twelve in the season, and then you go to summer ball and your other friends are playing at some really, really good team and they're playing year round and they're going and there's a commitment level, that, that that's just gonna vary. You know, coaches are looking at that. They wanna see who's gonna go who's gonna be a go getter. Bottom line, yeah. you want to be better. You want to be better than the other person in front of you. Do something about it. All right. Don't yeah. complain because I think there's an error of athletes right now to where we've seen in my generation is that when you're on the bench and you have issues and you have problems, you're blaming the coach. And that just pisses me off. And respectfully from an athlete being a senior now, if you know, I, I've gotten hurt two years in a row and the two years in a row you know, I did not once complain, go up to my coach and be like, hey, why are you not starting me? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? I put myself in this situation and I look back at it now and it's the biggest regret I've, I've ever done. And there's, of course, you know, things I can't control with my body. Mm-hmm. But if, if you want to be better at your craft, you have to stand out and you have to be always willing to get better. And there's, you know, that goes into the commitment and the passion level. If you're committed to something and you love it, you will excel in it. If you're not, and you just love it for, you know, just for an idea or sake of it, you're not going to succeed and it will hit you because it's a repetitive system. I think that's something I talk to athletes a lot about, which is, I think there's probably this misconception that like every player, regardless of the sport you're in, you have to be a superstar, right? You have to be like all state in order to get recruited. And the truth is like any sport, you don't need 20, 30, 40, 50, a hundred all state guys. You need sure. guys that play roles. Right. And so a lot of times there's a, there's a misconception from the athlete who's in high school thinking like, I've got to score more goals or I have to score more points. Otherwise I'm not going to get recognized when they don't realize like they need, they want a coachable kid. They want a kid yeah. who's going to work hard. They yes. want a kid who's maybe not the best right now, but that's going to develop into a better player over four years because they're willing to work hard at it. And I think that the recruiting process, there's a lot of mystery in it, right? You kind of said it, right? Like if you don't have parents who understand it, and a lot of us don't right, really understand how it works, if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have um, the guidance going through it, you're going to make 
you're going to make some mistakes. Right. And so like you, you've got to be willing to like be humble and also like go after what you want. Yeah. No, and, and I know, and it sounds like you're, you're happy with the situation you're in. So like, it's not meant, I'm not going to ask this question, not meant to like, it, it's not really about Susquehanna. It's more about your process. Like if you could do something over again in the recruiting process, would you change like how you approached it or like what, what yes. thing do you know, yeah. do you know now that you would do differently? Definitely. No, no, definitely. I think the biggest thing too, I mean, the to touch base on what you just said, um, finding the right club team. And I have nothing against my club team that I played for. Um, but I wish I was, you know, informed about other club teams that, you know, were better. And I wish that I got to apply with those club teams at an earlier age, because, you know, like you said, you know, about parents too, you know, you want the best for your son and daughter, Sure. but at the same time, do your research. You know, if, if your <laughs> son really has a passion is something, nothing against my dad, but you know, that was on me too, because I never you know, I was set on something with my comfort level mm-hmm. and it was my club team. And rather than being set and hey, saying, hey, I like all these kids, you know, they're my friends, they're my teammates. I feel comfortable with that, that when you get to the college level, there's going to be so many things that you're going to be doing at such a level of uncomfort when it comes to play style and adapting to new changes. You know, you, you have to start that at an early age. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge misconception because I was so catered into you know being informed of telling hey like you should just stay at this club team you have a great group of friends rather than you know telling myself and being informed with the correct information hey like you know your talent's getting better you should try out for another team you know like start looking into schools those types of things that's something I would do completely different mm-hmm. is to look in different teams at a young age and kind of focus on myself rather than just stay where my friends were at because what you know i'm looking back at it now i'm like what did that do for me like it did not do anything for me at the end of the day yeah i I think the biggest challenge there though is and i see this with my own kids is that like i think their goals and their priorities change as they get older right when you're 14 15 16 the priority is well you know at that time you think like this is comfortable right i like being with my friends it's fun and then you look back and go like Oh, I could have done better because, but at that time, like you, you're only making the decision based on the information, but right. To your point, if, if the goal is, Hey, I wanted to play division one lacrosse. Like I think the better answer probably would have been right. Like I could have gone to a different club team at that point. But if you're not, if you're not thinking that, right. If you're not thinking like, this is where I want to go with this at the time, it's really hard. But I think you make a good point because I, I do think a lot of young athletes, boys, boys or girls, you know, the social is a huge component of it, right? Who am I with? Am I comfortable? Am I having fun? And I'm a big advocate for all those things. But at the same time, like there's a consequence to every choice, meaning like if you want to get better, you do have to challenge yourself and you do have to step away and say, I could be really good at this. I'm going to transfer to another school or I'm going to go to prep school or private school or wherever it is, right? To get a better more challenging experience. And sometimes we just don't know, but like, I I get your point. I think it's really important because I think we'll get to now that idea of, okay, you went from St. Joe's, then you went to college. Like, what was that like? What was that transition from high school to college? Like what were the, the challenges you saw there? So I think the biggest challenge was, of course, I mean, I, you know, we, we hit the pandemic year, 
So <laughs> I was hit with a bunch of obstacles my freshman year. I didn't have a normal freshman year. Got mm-hmm. on the campus, was getting tested weekly, right? This is something I talked about before, willing to adapt. So I adapted, right? Some of the schools weren't even in session, so I took the advantage of it being on t- on campus. We're going to have some fall ball. And we had that before the, before, you know, cases got out of control and we were sent home in November. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest challenge from, from high school to college was I think the level of, of commitment and that came through the first couple of weeks I was at Susquehanna and, you know, when we're getting up early and we're practicing early and, you know, it's, it, I'll be realistic with you, like waking up at 5am or 6am for lift like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I have a passion of working out with my teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, we're aspiring to a championship every season, but it's not fun. It's like waking up for work. You know, yeah. I think the biggest misconception too is that high school, there's a lot more comfort level and a bit more relaxed. When it comes to college, you're fully committed to a program. And the biggest thing that stuck with me. Um, you know, shout out to Coach Rapoli. He, you know, he's a great coach, one of my favorite coaches out of Monroe. And he he told me this one quote, and it's just stuck with me. And he was like, John, when you get to the college level, there are two things I tell my Villanova guys. And one of those things is number one, it's not fun. And number two, it's a job. So be ready. And that stuck with me because it didn't hit me until my freshman year, like I just talked about. And mm. It, it is a commitment. It is a job. There are fun mm-hmm. times and there's going to be times where you're walking up to that field doing the same repetitive tasks consistently every day. And then that comes to the factor of when March and April hits for spring teams, 85% of these teams crumble because they fail to capitalize on that grit factor the previous month. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they're trying to go after a playoff spot, you know, there's that level of passion and grit that, you know, you're going to have to put in the factors. And that grit factor is getting up early in the morning. When you're sore, you're still working at it. When when you're tired and you have to run 100-yard sprints, that's grit. And that is the biggest challenge, too. A lot of these athletes get to the next level and they realize, hey, like, I don't have a passion for it. I had it in high school. This is a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. You try to compare it to both. And, they're, you know, you got to get in the groove of things which any team will get you in the groove of things. But if you're willing and you're committed, like I am, I have a passion for lacrosse. I can talk about it any hour or minute of the day. Um, I, I love it. I, I love what I do. I, I can't express how important it is. And I told my brother this too. We're two athletes, two college lacrosse players that love lacrosse. We, we love it. We, we talk about it every day. We talk about programs. We talk about players. We talk about recruiting. We love it. You have to love something and you will excel in it. If you don't, it's the biggest challenge in, in college because kids yep. get to the next level and then crumble. So. I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I've I've yes. had those conversations with people who are in the same exact boat as you. And, and I don't mean just college. I mean, in that, especially with that COVID experience, right? Sure. Like that first year set back a lot of athletes, right? If you're coming in during the COVID year as a freshman, like you don't have a normal experience. So you're yeah. like set back in that. So then when you finally get back to competing and you're out on the field normally, like you've got to make up that ground. Right. And, and you've been home doing nothing for the last 12 months. And now yeah. you're all of a sudden thrust into, right. These like, you know, long days of like lift practice film, whatever it is you're doing, plus going to class. Like if you don't, 
if you're not enjoying it, right? Like, like you said, it's a lot of work and it's a commitment. If it's not something that means something to you, like, why am I doing this? Like, exactly. Exactly. Then there's no point in doing it. Right. Like, why are you going to give away four years of college and, and, and have two full-time jobs, right? One is a student, one is an athlete, right? If you're willing to do that, you gotta, you gotta want it for a reason. And if you don't, it's okay. And I think one of the things I see, and, and I don't know if you see this, I don't know if you guys get like division one to division three transfers at all, but I, I, I get the sense that that happens a lot more even now where kids are so anxious to get a division one offer just to say they got a division one offer. Then they get to division one and go like, screw this. Like, I don't want this. Right. I want to like step away. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's yeah. more about the recognition and the prestige than it is about actually wanting correct. it. No, correct. I mean, like you just said too, you're going to see so many kids, you know, commit to a school so early mm-hmm. and to a division one school. And then you're going to see kids who commit to a division three school. Those are the ones that stand out because one realizes, Hey, like I'm committing to a division one school. I think I can play. Nothing's guaranteed. And then you look at division three schools and then you really kind of satisfy with your talent level. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, John, that's where I can play. I, you know, I, I, I realized that my, my, my junior year, like, I, I can't play at a division one school. I don't have that type of talent to come from right out of high school into college. You know, once you gain college experience, maybe, and that's your right. choice at the end of the day. Right. And that's what most of those kids end up going. You know, you see these kids going to Juco college or you go to, you know, county colleges or you start at division three and then you end up transferring division, division one. Right. But there is a sense of recognition, hundred percent. When, when, when parents see their son gets an offer, their daughter gets an <laughs> offer and then they're so caught up in the, Oh, I got a division one offer. Like, what do I do? They totally. commit. And then, you know, you see so many kids, something as me too. I mean, I've seen guys leave our team, you know, because you don't love it. And they, you know, you see these kids sign a paper and then they end up pulling out because they just, they just don't love it. And that goes back to me, what I said before, when you get to the next level, there is a sense of competition and you have to prove yourself no matter what year or what class comes in, you always have to prove yourself. There can't be a sense of, of, of comfort level and being like, okay, I have my spot. You know, this is not high school. You know, they're always looking to replace someone. And especially at division one schools, mm-hmm. you get hurt. It's the next guy out it's so hard to get back into that spot unless you're fully healthy and you only have a short amount of time in that period to, to really get, you know, back to where you were before you got hurt. So I, I think there's a, you know, there's a sense of recognition, but then there's, I think there's also a sense of, of parents not knowing because mm-hmm. is it the school? It's great. They have a major that your son or daughter likes and then they sign the paper and then your son or daughter calls you and says, Hey, like, I don't like this anymore. Like I, I just don't want to play anymore. You know, there should be, you know, you should have done your research and you should have done, done your, 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 your full, I call it a full analysis of what to expect. Mm. A lot of these students, when they visit schools, the coaches tell them what they're doing and it goes out, it goes in one year and out the other. And then when they realize what they're doing after the coach told them a couple months later, when you're back on campus, they don't like it. So when you're on these visits, ask questions. Yeah. Full inside scoop. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. You know, like be afraid. Like, like, hey, coach, like, how many kids are coming in next year, next year's recruiting class? Like, you know, for example, my brother was looking at a school and they told him they were recruiting 11 kids. And when my brother asked about that, you know, that's what one of the coaches said. When my brother asked the head coach, they ended up finishing with a recruiting class of 24 kids. So 
figuring out whether or not you want to, you know, pick a program that, that you like and into all that information and research. But at the same time, you know, like you said before, it has to do with recognition and it has to do with people not knowing. And then, you know, it, it, I, I really do feel mm. for the kids who don't know because they get themselves into something and then they end up not liking it. And that's perfectly fine. But if you want to know for sure that you're going to love it, you have to have that passion before you even decide to go to yeah. college because it starts in high school, Mike. Like, yeah. I can't express how important that is. Yeah. What What were some of the other reasons you picked or what are some of the reasons you picked Susquehanna as a school, right? Like what were the things that you were looking at? I, I picked a place where I, you know, I thought I could excel. Okay. Play on a good team. Number two. Number three, being an environment where I could be, you know, cater to professors in a smaller environment where I, I can excel mm-hmm. as well as where I think I could have played. I think that comes down to the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I want to play. I wanted to play on a team where I could see myself compete and get up to that next level. And that's something my coach told me is that, you know, we're looking for guys who are going to be competing, who are going to come and work hard. Mm-hmm. And that are willing to get better every day. And that stuck with me because all the other schools I visited till it was like, oh, you're not going to play till this. You're not going to play till senior or junior year. You're not going to play till sophomore year. You know, I, I like that fact of being told, hey, like you have an opportunity of playing. It's in your hands. Now prove it to us. Mm-hmm. That is the best feeling knowing, hey, like I have a shot, you know, and you, you can compare that to Tom Brady too, being in being in his game. He had one shot to, to prove himself. And then he just excelled from there mm. rather than being at a school and just being on a good team and being like, Hey, like, I'm just going to ride the bench and be like, Hey, like, you know, I just don't understand at the end of the day, you know, you have to realize is that if you're going to pick a school, pick a school that you see yourself playing at, don't just pick it just because they have a good team. They have good academics and that you could just be a part of something that's good. If you want to play, pick the right place. Mm. And it may not be the best school, but once you establish yourself, when I came in with my guys, my freshman year, all of us, we said the same thing. You know, we, we all could have gone to different schools, but we wanted to play. So when you have those types of guys who settle for a program that isn't as best as a top ranked program, mm-hmm. we'll still excel. And, you know, for, for, for me, I love, I love playing. You know, you don't want to be riding on the bench, but, you know, I have a shot every year. And I have to compete for my spot every year. And I have an opportunity of playing on a good team because I chose an environment where I, I saw myself playing rather than just committing to a school because they have a reputation and they're ranked. And they mm. ranked teams. There's no point on doing that because at the end of the day, you shoot yourself in the foot because then it hits you in you know, your junior year and you're like, oh, this is great. Like we're beating ranked teams, but I haven't gotten on the field, dad, in three years. Like – what am I doing? But then my other friend who's playing at a, a, a you know, a bit of a, a lower talented team than me has been starting the past three years. So like you have to balance these things out yeah. because from college that compares right into a job and your career path too. where are you going to stand out? You know, wh- what's something that you're going to like and where do you see yourself exceeding mm-hmm. in a level or position at a company where you're going to, you know, be, be, be useful in a way rather than just being on the sidelines. That's yeah. just my perspective. I like being involved. Yeah. And, and, and that's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I think, you know, 
and I think everyone's priorities and everyone's preferences are going to be different. But I think what you just said there is really important, which I think there, the, the way I think of it is, I think a lot of people who are high school age are more concerned about what other people think of them sure. than what they truly want for themselves. Sure. Right. And that could be, that could be parents, that could be teammates, that could be friends, that could be people on social media, whoever it is, sure. like they're trying to sort of present this image to that group of people outside of them. Whereas you're the one that has to live with the next four years. Sure. Like, where am I going? Right. What do I really want? Sure. And what am I committed to? Because it's important to me, not because I want to, you know, show people that I, I, I can do this. And then, you know, a year later, you know, they're packing up and they're moving to another school because sure. really they made that choice for some other person and not themselves. Sure. sure. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the touch base, what you just said too about that. I mean, I, I think that choosing the right team in school comes down to your own personal preference. Mm. And I feel like personal preference is in disregard to that. A lot of these kids visit the school and they're like, they really like it. But then there's that outside factor and being like, okay, I'm committing to a school with not a lot of kids. They have a great team. But then like these kids go back and they're like, oh, do I really want to commit to that type of school? All my friends are going to party schools. Right. And they, they forget their personal preference and then it revolves around, okay, I want to be like this. I want to be like that rather than focusing on themselves. Yep. And, you know, I see this with a lot of division three teams is that these kids come to visit and, you know, I, I know realistically they like the school, but you know, they don't want to commit to an unknown school and mm-hmm. they shoot themselves in the foot because of what other people think. And that comes to your own personal preference. If you like something and you see yourself exceeding into something, especially on a team compared to division one or to division three, and you see yourself going to division three school, go for it. If that's yeah. where you see yourself succeeding, go for it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't like this misconception of being like, okay, like if you go to th- this division three school, they're not good. Or you go to this division one school, they're not good. Every college team is going to have talent. It's just a matter of where you're going to see yourself fitting. And that comes down to what I said before. That's doing your research. Ask questions to coaches that they don't expect. If you want to really know, don't mm-hmm. be embarrassed to ask. Yeah. Just Just shoot it forward to them. Because this is your four years. This is right. no joke. This is not where something you can be like, hey, dad and mom, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to pull and go to another club team. No, this is once you're signed up, you're signed up. And then you have to go through that whole transfer portal process. So make, make sure you're asking those questions. And I told that to my brother on his whole recruiting process is that when you're when, when you, you talk to these coaches, be real with them. Yeah. Hey, I'm coming here to play like I want to play. I want to contribute. Ask, ask. I can't express how important that is. I think that's a tremendous piece of advice. Cause I would yeah. say the same exact thing, right? You need to understand what you're getting into exactly. because you're committing for the next. Right. And I think there's also this, my sense is, is that there's like this sort of like false comfort that, well, you know, if I make a wrong choice, I can just transfer to your point. You, you can, but it's yeah. not simple. Right. No, and no, so yeah. like, rather than, rather than having to do that, ask the hard questions. It's your experience. It's your life, right? Like now, exactly. right. If you get those answers and the coach is straight with you up front and you go in and you don't perform up to the level they expect, that's, that's on you, right? Like, you know, and I think that a lot of people are just not willing to have those conversations. They don't want to hear the answers a lot of times to those questions because it's not, 
like the story they've told themselves. They don't want to hear the truth, but that's the, it's such a great piece of advice. Yeah. I'd rather know up front and make choices based on good information than sure. not know and then guess at where I'm going to end yeah. up. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't too? I mean, I think at the, I think at the end of the day too, I mean, if you think about it, if you don't ask these types of questions, you get put in a situation where you, yeah. you know, sometimes kids can get out and sometimes kids can't. And I, I think that's a huge basis of, of, of understanding. If you're going to go on a visit, bottom line, if you're a student athlete, girl or boy, you need to ask these tough questions. Mm. Be real with these coaches. You're here for a reason. They recruited you. They that's see right. something out of you. That's right. Okay. So your next step is you're going to come play for them. Ask them, what's practice like? Can I come watch a practice? Can I do an overnight coach? Like, can I, can I, can I sit and, and, and watch a game or, 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 or be a part of something to kind of get a real feel of it? Sure. Because a lot of these kids get, they skip out on these overnights. They skip out on these, on these visits. They just commit just first based on, on personal preference, but then they forget mm-hmm. the whole other factor of being like, okay, well, did you experience a team? No. Did mm-hmm. you experience practice? No. Did you watch a game in person? Yeah. You know, one, one or two, if you really want a full perspective, you got to mm-hmm. ask. And I, I just instead of just committing to a place, make sure they have your major. Make sure they have something that you like. Walk around campus, get a feel of this of the place that you're going to be at for the next four years. It's mm-hmm. no joke, because it's a misconception of of just saying, "Hey, I'm just going to commit here," and then you forget about all these factors. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish, you know, for personal preference, I did that at an earlier stage of recruiting process because if i had those those types of uh, uh, i guess you could say a feeling of knowing okay this is for me rather than you know just committing just because of a talented team and being like oh like my team's losing but your team's winning like like pick your personal preference Mm. and shoot these coaches questions yeah. Because I guarantee you, if anyone's asking them the questions, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna answer them. They're gonna be real with you, and and they're gonna be straight with you. If they're looking to recruit you, are you gonna ride the bench? This is stuff that they end up telling you during the season because you don't ask, and they're not gonna mm-hmm. tell you unless they ask. So ask. Good advice. Couple yeah. cu- couple more questions. So I know sure. it's your senior year coming up. What are you looking forward to? So senior year, um, it is flown by. I, I best advice I give enjoy it while it lasts because it goes quick, you know. Um, biggest thing I'm looking forward to is, is is making a statement in our conference. We have had our statement and our name in our conference before 2020. COVID hit, didn't have a full team, didn't have the best season. We we're below 500. Then we entered my sophomore into junior year. You know, we had good teams, but it's inexperience. Now that we have a core group of guys returning back, it's my senior year. You know, our team is consisted of of juniors and and seniors, and we of course have sophomores and our freshmen that will, you know, that will contribute and are already on the field. But mm-hmm. we're experienced. When you gain the experience the past two years, we have high expectations. We should not be in the same predicament that we were in the past two years. So expectations are are, are through the roof. We should not be losing the teams that we should we should be beating, and that happened the past two years that we we were up, we blow leads, we don't come out, we come out flat. You know, these are small things that are fixable with experience. So we have a solid returning group of guys coming back. 
Um, and we have an incredible freshman class coming coming in this fall. So, uh, you know, we're going to make a huge statement this year in our conference. And um, it's, it's very exciting. Very excited to be a part of it. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to it. So that's great. And, and it's good. I, I think what's what I like about what you said there was knowing that there are things that need to be corrected and knowing that you can correct them. Sure. Right. And, and being honest, you know, in your assessment of like, Hey, we blew games. Like we need to focus on getting better at these things and, and taking advantage of our experience and not, you know, doing that. And I think that sure. a lot of times that's, again, it's not always that common that athletes are going to look in the mirror and say, Hey, like, you know what, you know, they make excuses versus going, you know, no, this was on. Yeah. Us, so. I, yeah. No, I, I mean, what you just said with excuses too, the biggest thing is accountability too. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happens with every team and, you know, I'm not saying our team, but I know teams that complain and just say, okay, they're losing is based off the coach. You know, coaching is a big factor, but at the end of the day, you're on the field. So, you know, if you're, if you have guys on your team that are not holding themselves accountable and just pointing fingers, you're not going to succeed. Yep. And I, 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 I just, I can't express how important that is, is that if you don't have self accountability on a team or in yourself regarding summer ball, high school mm-hmm. ball, transitioning to college, you're not going to succeed. Take criticism at, at a point where you're going to have to realize like, Hey, yeah. like my freshman year, we were not good. We did not perform well. Like there's no excuse for it. Like we had, we didn't have the largest numbers. We were experienced. We had freshmen, a lot of freshmen playing against seniors and grads. But now we look back at it. Now there's no reason why we should not excel at all, mm-hmm. at all. So the expectations are through the roof. Um, and it's going to aim for our, our, our conference playoffs because the past two years we've made our conference playoff. We haven't got, been able to get to the finals. We lose in the semifinals the past two years. So the goal was to get to the finals and win the finals and make the NCAA tournament. And we can do that. It just revolves on the tiny things. If we implement those changes, no one will stop us. So mm-hmm. it's just, it, you know, this is, like I said, it's personal preference. If, it, if you know, we're willing to change. We have a great culture and standard coming in this fall. So I'm excited. We're going to implement that and, and kind of go forward from there. So, Well, I'm excited for you. I wish you guys yes. the best of luck. I wish you yes. the best of luck. Yes. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It was great talking hey. to you, John. Hey, anytime, anytime. So, All right. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you soon then, all right? Sure, sure. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. So what was your biggest takeaway from my conversation with John Bachensky? My biggest takeaway is that aspiring collegiate athletes need to take control of their own recruiting process as early as possible. Young athletes need to do their research and ask college coaches hard questions, even if it might be uncomfortable. Failing to do so can lead to finding the wrong college fit. I want to thank John for sharing his story on this episode. He's a great role model for any young athlete that wants to succeed at the next level. To learn how mental performance coaching can help you be ready For your next step in the game of life, visit michaelvhuber.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you back soon for episode 72. Mike Huber is the founder and owner of Follow the Ball Coaching, located in Fairhaven, New Jersey. He is a mental performance coach and business advisor dedicated to serving athletes just like you reach their full potential on and off the court. The Freshman Foundation is all about helping you get to the next level. For more information, follow along on Instagram at 
the Freshman Foundation. Please, subscribe. Give us a like on iTunes, Spotify. Leave a review. Tell a friend. Most importantly, come back in two weeks. Ready to get better.